It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors. Sean with you here as always. And on today's show, much like the NBA, as COVID powers through and takes over the NBA, we're just trudging on through, putting our head through the wall. And we're going to talk about the Raptors game against the Golden State Warriors on Saturday, which was, you know, I think what you expect against a limited Warriors team who sent all their good players home before having to cross the border. But we'll dig into how Scotty Barnes looked. The season Fred Van Vliet's putting together. We got the dude of the game to hand out as well. That's all coming up on today's show with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Thanks for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number uh, 1081. Yeah, that's what it is. Locked on Raptors for Monday, December the 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, you can uh, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. And it's free on all your favorite podcast platforms to engage with and support the podcast. So please go ahead and do that on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, all the different apps. Plus, you can subscribe on YouTube, and we love you when you do that. So please go and smack that big red button. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. Check out fantasy, or sorry, check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks, once again, is daily fantasy made easy all right on today's show we are talking about the raptors game against the golden state warriors on saturday and everything that surrounds it because we can't really talk about the nba or the raptors in sort of a vacuum because it's not happening within a vacuum and COVID is ravaging the league most players if not all seem asymptomatic which is very good as omicron becomes the dominant strain and all of that but uh, on today's show we're going to dig into that game against the warriors what can we actually take from it let's talk about scotty barnes we're going to talk about fred van lee we got the dude of the game and all of that with vivek jacob from raptors.com big v how's it going pal not bad not bad uh hopefully you know what you're saying continues to maintain itself that omicron isn't you know while more uh transmissible isn't as potent uh, and yeah. we can continue our path towards some level of normalcy. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, it was a pretty good weekend overall. Just relaxed. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, obviously with the, with the game being postponed, 
the Raptors game being postponed today, I didn't have as much prep work to do. So yeah, <laughs> here we are, ready to podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason we're going a little bit later in the day. Typically, if Monday were a game day, we try to get this up kind of early. But uh, what, are, what are we used to be worried about timeliness for? The Raptors don't play tonight because the Orlando Magic have an outbreak. And I guess they couldn't rally together their nine replacement players they signed in time to cross the border or something. Um, it's all very weird, man. Before we dive into the game against the Warriors. We'll talk Scotty Barnes again. I want to dig into how freaking fun he was. This seems like we do that every day on the podcast, but like how much are you drawing from these games right now in terms of like things that actually matter because half these teams are missing half their players. Obviously there's been postponements. There's guys in and out of the lineup. The Raptors of course have Pascal Siakam and Delano Banton in the protocols now too, which uh, was a bit of a bummer before Saturday's game, of course, for multiple reasons, not the least of which that, hey, they almost had their full team together, and then they didn't have the full team together, (laughs) which was kind of a kick in the teeth. Um, But, like, are you pulling anything from these games at all, man? Like, is there anything that matters long-term that you're pulling from any of these games where the Raptors' opponent is entirely depleted on account of COVID or sort of paranoia around COVID? I think overarching takeaways it's probably really hard to do like even with scotty barnes like yeah the passing was awesome it's nice to get him as many reps on ball as possible but you know how how many of those passes actually get through if draymond green is in the middle of the defense right all Uh, of them obviously (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so things like that you got to take with a grain of salt um so yeah it's more like, you know, when I'm watching that game, I'm looking at, okay, w- what does OG Ananobi look like in his first game back? Uh, you know, how willing is he to push himself to the maximum? And we saw, you know, maybe a couple plays, like there was that one uh, deflection that he caused that, you know, they call the foul, but uh, it was nice to see that instinct to just, for him to just go burst for the ball. And, and it didn't look like he was thinking about anything. So I think those are the types of takeaways uh, that I'm making right now. Precious Achua returning to the lineup. What does that look like? And, you know, as far as big picture is concerned, I'm just thinking, hey, okay, if, uh, you know, Pascal is back, what is the starting five? Like now that now that becomes a real conversation, right? Because we've sort of held it in theory and all that. And obviously it's going to be a very fluid situation with, uh, you know, seemingly every day uh, there being a new update. But mm-hmm. Those are kind of the takeaways I'm I'm having right now, as opposed to, hey, how real is this, you know, move that Scotty Barnes pulled off, or how how real yeah. is this uh, fadeaway, you know, by OG going up against Chris Chioza, right? Like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, it is a lot more sort of micro stuff looking at how specific guys are kind of performing and executing their roles and that's cool as far as like the game against the warriors goes when it comes to takeaways i feel like scotty barnes is probably the place to start even though like you said maybe a bit of an easier environment for him to kind of go off than it would have been against a regular team but i mean he seems to be going off against everybody lately he is in fairness the last three teams he's played has been the depleted warriors the depleted nets and then the kings who are depleted always because they're the kings um so take away the grain of salt i suppose but he's looked really good over the last week and within a week we talked last week about where Scotty was and sort of the leveling up. And is he going to move into a position where he's kind of becoming more of the centerpiece of the team? 
within a week, I have gone from, yeah, ease him in, take some time to, all right, just let him shoot 47 times a game and have a 38% usage because he's amazing. And that's all I want to watch is him with the ball in his hands. Um, like some pretty special stuff. Obviously, you got to take the opponent into consideration, as you mentioned, but pretty special looking stuff against the Warriors on Saturday in terms of the playmaking. He had 14 potential assists per NBA.com in this game, ends up with just the six. Whole lot of bricks on the end of his beautiful cross court passes. But overall, thoughts on, you know, Scotty's sort of seemingly becoming more emboldened to have the ball in his hands. There's this going to be the struggle, I think, with having hopefully the full comment of players available and figuring out who gets their touches where and when, but where are you at in like uh, the sort of unleashed Scotty meter? Are you still on the sort of reserve? Just do what they, you know, kind of do it within the flow of the team. Or are you like, just like sell out and make him the heliocentric force of the entire roster? Obviously it's probably somewhere in between, but where are you at on the whole uh, idea of unleashing Scotty Barnes to be something more than a guy who carries a 19% usage? Yeah. um, I I say, you know, Give the give the keys to the car, the house, the the, the yacht, everything to Scotty. Like, uh, and kind of talked about this the last podcast, right? Where it's like I don't think there's too much that you can put on him, uh, and I don't think the Raptors should be looking at treating him like a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. And this goes back to what Fred Van Vliet has said about constantly being on him and pushing him towards greatness, right? Like, don't you know have a game and be like oh it's okay you're a rookie there's a rookie wall this and that no mm-hmm. like you're scotty freaking barnes like you can be one of the best players in this league um and the sooner you get there uh, the sooner you know this team is going to be at a level that is going to be very very dangerous uh so yeah i'm all, all in on scotty uh so uh the big you know if there, if there is an overarching takeaway to take away from these last few games it is the fact that he's embracing that, right? And yeah. then I think maybe before where he's got that unselfish bone in him and he's saying, okay, you know, I got to defer to OG. I got to defer to Fred. I think we're seeing more and more of, hey, the team obviously sees me as something special uh, mm-hmm. and I got to prove that I'm worth that recognition and praise and all of that every time I'm on the floor. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's been kind of lauded as this, like, wildly unselfish player, right? There's the story that Mike Schmitz told on Zach Lowe's podcast about how he was asking if assists would count as points when he was asked in a coaching drill to go score 25. Um, You know, he's obviously tried to make the right play basically his entire rookie season as well, and that led to maybe a bit of passiveness when it came to putting up up threes and whatnot. But the thing is, is if he leans into this sort of like killer instinct, I'm the guy with the ball and everything's going to flow through me kind of mentality, that's only going to open up more opportunity for him to be wildly unselfish, right? Because he's starting to draw two defenders now. People are realizing, oh, no one can stop this guy inside eight feet. He has perfect touch. He just knows where to go. He's got like the sort of whole bag and and repertoire of moves. He's finishing through contact as he did a couple times pretty beautifully against the Warriors as well. And once teams start adjusting and realizing, okay, this guy's such a load inside, we have to send to his way, that's going to open up the playmaking in a way I don't think we've even seen yet so far. And that's going to scratch that itch that he has to go and throw cool-ass passes all the time. Um, yeah, I, I am like very much on board with just – and look, this is going to be difficult to balance. We could talk about this in just a second. But like, put him – if not at the top of the hierarchy, put him on the same level of hierarchy as Siakam and Van Vliet to me. 
And, you know, OG, I think, maybe slides back down into more of a secondary role. I think that's fine because he's damn good at it and has, like, the juice to kind of take that role and expand upon it with some extra sort of on-the-ball stuff. But, like, Scotty Barnes to me is like top of the hierarchy or close to it for this Raptors team right now. As much as I think Pascal Siakam is awesome. And I think Fred Van Vliet's having an incredible season, which we're also going to talk about coming up here. I think like sky's the limit with what you're seeing from Barnes. And I think it's very clear. He has the highest ceiling of anybody. So why wait, just start rolling the ball out to him and saying, all right, you're running, you know, X number of possessions a game more than you were before. Cause we trust that you can do it and that it's going to lead to good things because of your playmaking and also your ability to score wherever you want, basically. God, he's fun. Uh, we're going to continue on. And I want to dig into the fit as OG comes back. Hopefully, Siakam's back soon, too, here as well. Still no word on where he's at in terms of the COVID protocols process. But uh, it's a very interesting time to be a Raptors fan and to be watching this team coming in together because hopefully soon they're going to have that full complement of guys and figuring out how it all fits together is a really fascinating puzzle to sort out. We'll get to that in one sec here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Truebill. And look, Truebill is here to stop companies from scamming you by not canceling your free trials or your one-off sort of subscriptions that you want for one month but you can't get out of afterwards that you forgot about all of that Truebill is here to make it easy to get out of those subscriptions you no longer you no longer want to be a part of and take control of your life once again Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you no longer want need or simply forgot about on average people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill, because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And you have the Truebill concierge on hand to cancel those unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to as well. I do this all the time. I sign up for a thing for one month, forget about it, and then boom, I'm paying for something I don't need for a year or longer because I'm a fool and I forget about it each month until that payment comes around once again because I'm a fool. But Truebill is literally foolproof. I'm proof. I use it now, and I'm getting out of subscriptions that, you know, that I no longer want or need. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We continue on here with Big V, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com on your first listen of the day. And Vivek. Before we get to Fred VanVleet, because I want to talk to you about him a little bit, because he's awesome and had a great game against the Warriors. Uh, quickly on the fitting of OG Ananobi back into the lineup, we have only seen, I believe, two games this season with the main five best players on the team available, right? The guys I think everyone kind of has established as the best five guys. You've got VanVleet, Ananobi, Siakam, Barnes, and Gary Trent Jr. And hopefully, sometime soon here, we're going to see that lineup back intact, you know, providing... Siakam's able to return relatively quickly here from the protocols. We're not sure if it's a positive test, if it's abundance of caution, all that stuff. It's all kind of ethereal at this point. But when that does happen, are you concerned at all about the fit now that you've kind of seen Scotty Barnes level up his sort of on-ball importance and what he can do with the ball in his hands and is sort of demanding a little bit more in terms of responsibility? Um, and, you know, we, we saw in those first couple of games that Siakam was back, the fit was a little bit clunky. 
that was to be expected, I think. And I think like we've seen so far, the Barnes and an Obi Siakam trio should make sense, much as the Barnes and an Obi and Barnes Siakam duos have. But there's a lot of touches to go around. Gary Trent Jr. is out there bombing up shots as well. Fred Van Vliet's been incredible, the best player on the team so far. It poses to be a bit of a difficult thing to sort out, although it does feel like one of them good problems. It's a good problem for sure, uh, especially if we can actually actualize that <laughs> and have them all out there on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in terms of the fit, what's going to be really important is, you know, when Siakam returned, there was a lot of conversation about Scotty Barnes needs to shoot threes so that he can help space the floor for Pascal sure. Siakam. And now, uh, in terms of Scotty Barnes' ceiling, it, you almost have to you you have to ask the opposite. You know, can Siakam face space the floor as, sure. as Barnes is in those post up opportunities or whenever he's on ball in general? And the same applies to OG Ananobi. Um, obviously, OG is a bit more proven, uh, a lot more proven from three, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm I'm not concerned about him. Uh, and so that would be the fit question for me. I'm not as concerned about, you know, each of them getting their touches because I feel like they're all pretty unselfish and they all work yeah. off each other well. And there's only they're... five guys on the team who, like, do anything anyway, so. Uh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that distribution of wealth, uh, I'm not too concerned about. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the actual spacing, what that looks like, that that is... I think going to be the ultimate decider in, Hey, is Gary Trent jr. A viable starter or do you have to go or, you know, is there enough spacing um, and offensive cohesion to allow Ken Birch to be the starter and Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, juice up some of that rebounding that's desperately needed. Yeah, that's fair. I still maintain start the small lineup and go with your five best guys once everything returns to normal, hopefully. And then, figure it out from there maybe there'll be some matchups where you don't want to go but the way scotty barnes has kind of evolved defensively and i've made this point a few times in the last week or so i feel so much better about that small ball lineup now considering it feels like he can play that center role that backline cleanup role that he wasn't able to do before um he's very good uh, god i can't get over how much scotty barnes rules man uh, okay i have a couple like parlor game questions i want to ask you in this episode so forgive me for if this ends up going long but with Scotty, I'm trying to think of like how many Raptors players I've enjoyed watching more over the years. And it's not a long list. Are there like any that come to mind as like that guy definitely I liked watching more than Scotty Barnes? Because like maybe Vince Carter during like the Vinsanity years and Kyle Lowry, obviously, during some of his more incredible seasons where he's putting the team on his back, definitely for me. But after that, Scotty's dangerously close to being one of my favorite Raptors to watch of all time. And he's played 26 games. It's absurd. Yeah, I think this is an interesting question uh, in the way that you're asking it, which is, you know, just flat out, you know, which Raptor do you enjoy watching? Mm -hmm. I think the thing I enjoy the most about Scotty is watching him figure it out. Right. And I think that's where if I were to compare, say, when, you know, the light bulb seemed to go off for DeMar DeRozan or, you know, when Chris Bosh first started getting those KG comparisons and it was like, hey, how how is that matchup going to go? I think those are, you know, what the young guy figuring it out. uh, Those are the moments that I remember the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I put those three uh, 
pretty close together. In terms of just watching Scotty Barnes as a player, yeah, it's up there. Because again, for me, like I didn't, I didn't come to Canada until 2002, so I didn't get to really sure. watch Vince in his heyday like on a night-to-night basis. Oh, you got uh, the depression years, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I came and it was like, hey, what's going on with the parking spot, and why does he not want to dunk anymore? Why are um, they winning 18 of 19 while he's sidelined to make the playoffs? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the Vince I got. So um, it's hard for me to talk about that. Uh, so yeah, I think in terms of just watching him as a player, like I, I would say he's. He's as fun as it gets, you know, like I think with Kyle, you know, we came to really, really have fun with the charges and all of that. But I I would say that's almost like a respect thing. Sure. Scotty, there's like that entertainment value that maybe is higher than anyone else's, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's unbelievably cool. The closest I think I can think of for me in like recent years of just like a guy doing his thing that is enjoyable to take in, like probably when Marc Gasol was at his very best for the team, like both defensively just kind of shutting everything down and changing the defense on the fly, like an amorphous blob of terror. And then on the other side, just like kind of working as that hub offensively, we didn't ever see like peak Grizzlies Gasol with the Raptors outside of a couple of games here and there games like three and four against the Bucks kind of stand out as those like peak Gasol games. But when he was on and like his first game with the Raptors was kind of like this, where it was kind of like an out of body experience where for the first time you're seeing a center kind of run your offense and he's throwing like behind the back bounce passes to Norm Powell and stuff. That was pretty cool, and that's kind of the yeah. vibe I get from Scotty Barnes because of like his he, he throws no look passes every night. He is funky and weird and kind of gets to his spots in a bizarre way, but does it. And he also is just like so physically imposing. It just you look you feel like you're watching a guy who's seven foot three out there. It's a delight, man. I, there's nothing else to really say about it. Um, we're going Quickly, long I, here. I, yeah, I want to. I, I just want to shout out. You know, in terms of unbelievably cool to just watch, uh, uh, low-key, Anthony Parker was just, like, Hell really yeah. cool to watch. I think so. this is the second <laughs> week in a row Anthony Parker's gotten some extra love on the podcast, which is, you know, very, very deserved. I think we talked about him on Friday with the mailbag question about underappreciated old Raptors. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. we got to talk about Fred Van Vliet because he's had a really, really incredible season, was amazing against the Warriors on Saturday as well. He didn't have to guard Steph Curry the whole game, so he was just freed up to punk the Warriors offensively, which is fun. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then we'll quickly hand out the due to the game at the end of the show. We'll get to that, that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best-tasting protein bars money can buy. The holiday season is here, baby, and it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and in some cases, even better than a candy bar. Plus, you get the best of both worlds. It's both delicious and healthy. You get a ton of flavors to choose from, from raspberry or mint brownie to some of their limited-time flavors that appear on the site, including, I think, caramel macchiato is one that's out there right now. you got to hop on that. It gives you the extra food you need to get through your tiresome trips to go see family, the walk in the malls and all that stuff as well. Built Bar is there to power you on through. And, of course, it's a wonderful little stocking stuffer too as well. If you don't want to wrap your gifts, just give them something that's already wrapped. It's a wrapped Built Bar. It's a beautiful thing to uncover 
in the morning. And maybe you got some hot cocoa going on Christmas morning and you want to use that built bar that you've uh, been gifted as like an extra treat or a vessel for your treat. You can dip that built bar right in your hot chocolate and that is going to make it nice, melty and delicious. It's the kind of uh, delicious sweet treat you don't have to feel so bad about. Plus, if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays as well, you can get a built bar puff. They're light, they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy through and through. They have different flavors, all covered in chocolate, and they all taste so good. You won't believe they're also filled with protein. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. And today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, who has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online is where the game starts all right so we got due to the game to get to in a sec here but back to round at the show but we should first talk about fred van vliet who had 27 points and 12 assists against the warriors on saturday and brings himself now up to a season line of 20.1 points he is at six point. Oh, come on, basketball reference. Don't do this to me now. 6.7 assists, 5.1 boards, 1.6 steals, over half a block. He's shooting 39.7% from three on eight and a half attempts a game. He's a knockdown shooter if there ever was one. He's, of course, finishing around the basket more efficiently. His on-off numbers are absurd. He's just been so, so good top to bottom. Right now, his on-off numbers, when the, he's on the floor for the Raptors, they're a plus 5.2 points per 100 possessions. When he is off the floor, he they are a minus 12.1. That is a 17.3 on-off split for Fred Van Vliet. He's been ridiculous. Vivek, a question I have for you. The season he's putting in right now, all those numbers. He also has the best true shooting percentage on the entire team as one of the highest usage guys, which is bloody amazing as well. It's been a remarkable season for Fred Van Vliet from every perspective, the advanced stats, the counting stats, and all of that. Of all of the seasons we saw from Kyle Lowry during his time with the Raptors, how many of those seasons would you take ahead of the season that Fred Van Vliet is putting in right now? Because that's how good he's been. He's in that conversation. He's putting himself on the Lowry tier in terms of seasons from a point guard for the Raptors in the last decade, which is maybe a, a weird niche sort of cutoff point. But hey, we're talking about two guys here. Um, like, where are you at with how good this Fred season's been? Would you take that many Kyle seasons over what he's done so far? He's been that good. Uh, he has been incredible. I mean, I think the load that he's had to carry and you talked about it, the fact that the usage has had to go up, you know, he's dealt with the absences of OG with Siakam and he's just had to be, you know, steady Freddie and just, you know, keep their head above water. I mean, they're right there flirting with the 500 mark. They're right there for the play in tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he's a huge part of that. So, uh, yeah, he's been sensational in terms of Kyle Lowry seasons, you know, I'm thinking, obviously, you know, 15, 16, and 16, 17 were just ridiculous Kyle Lowry seasons. So yeah. uh, those two, for sure. Um, 2019, 20 is right there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, 
him him <laughs> with the with the you know the ring swag was just an unbelievable like like that might be when you talk about favorite players to watch like that version of Kyle Lowry might have been my favorite like yeah. you know it, it just seemed like there was such a release from having won the championship and it was like no one can talk to me now and mm-hmm. and so yeah those three seasons for sure um is there another one i think i think the 13 14 season is right there um cuz i think that that's sort of a fun one with the turnaround after the trade um and it was it was like the first season that we like really came to love Kyle Lowry sure uh so i would say those four i don't know which which other ones you would throw into the mix yeah, so per the numbers, I pulled up some stats here to prepare for the podcast because I'm a good host. Uh, right now, Fred VanVleet is on track for 8.4 win shares this season. He's at 3.0 through 28 games, 8.4 if you extrapolate it out over the course of the full season. That would actually be kind of in line with where he was on a per-game basis back in 2019-20, where he had a 5.8 win share season in 54 games played. So good on him for that. But Fred, very much in the same sort of range right now. Uh, as uh, Maybe my math is off on that one, I'm pre- but I'm pretty sure. It's, maybe he was a little bit ahead, closer to nine. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad at math is the thing. Either way, he's on track for 8.4 win shares this season. That would be behind only four of Kyle Lowry's seasons. All four of these Lowry seasons were 10 or higher win share seasons. You've got 13, 14, 15, 16, 16, 17, and then 17, 18. Um, with 16, 17, by the way, being, I still maintain the best Kyle Lowry's ever looked as a basketball player before getting hurt at the all-star break. He should have been all NBA that season. He was unbelievable and had 10.1 win shares in 60 games. Just ridiculous stuff. Would have been by far his number one win share season had he not gotten hurt. Anyway, beyond that, those are those uh, are the two. The, that yeah. season and the nineteen twenty. The yeah. fact that he didn't make All NBA is just yeah. criminal. Like I think yeah. I would take. Yeah, he made All NBA in fifteen sixteen as well. That that's the one he's made. He should have three. I would say at least I agree. I think for me, I would take fourteen fifteen. Sorry, fourteen fifteen sixteen sixteen seventeen, and then nineteen twenty for sure over the season Fred's doing right now and probably that first season 13-14 where they got good just because of the novelty of them becoming good and Larry being so essential to it but after that I know he was better technically in 17-18 but that felt more like a DeMar season to me and I don't really associate that being as like a Kyle Lowry sort of putting the team on his back type season whereas Fred is doing that this year so even if it's on track to come in lower win shares wise I think I would take this Fred season over 17-18 Lowry but it kind of speaks to how freaking good he's been that we're having this conversation at all because like, I, I feel like there was this sort of assumption that most of what Kyle did was untouchable, but maybe it's not. And, and what Fred's doing right now is like very clearly all-star level stuff. Like, Do you think he's going to get in? It's tough, but like he's played it's... a lot of games, which is a, a, an asset so far with whatever the hell's going on this year. And if the Raptors are going to win at, at this like 500 ish clip and be in the plan, maybe there's a chance. I didn't think it was terribly likely considering just how deep the East is, but I'm changing my tune on that a little bit. Yeah. I think when I was trying to break it down the other day and I feel like for the final spot, he would be battling Darius Garland for the final guard spot he would be Gar- sure. uh, garland and drew holiday 
And I think uh, for the Bucks, especially missing Giannis, uh, Middleton, not sure how long he's out for. The Holiday had that 40-point night the other night, even though they lost. Uh, if he can kind of go on the tear and keep their keep them where they are in the standings, then I think he might uh, get in there. Uh, but I think he has a legit shot. Like, you know, going up against Garland, it's, it's going to be a question of, you know, does Cleveland potentially get two All-Stars? With, I, I assume that Jared Allen would be the first one. Yeah, uh, so it would be those types of conversations. But I think, yeah, it, it would be a very, very close call. I think what's interesting now that, you know, we did this season's comparison with Lowry, mm-hmm. I think an interesting question to ask is how quickly can this team get to a level where he can be 18-19 Lowry? Right. Where Fred is looking at OG and Scotty and Pascal and saying, okay, I can kind of just you know tee these guys you up. guys eat yeah <laughs> yeah and and then you know when when Kawhi sits out the second night of a back-to-back or whatever it is i'll i'll, I'll go full kyle right sure. um and so how, how quickly can this team get to that point because i i think he'd be fine with doing that let's not forget you know at the start of the season when siakam was out and og was available they were like hey og's the number one option and mm-hmm. og was the leading scorer for the team when he got injured Right. Yep. And then Fred has said, OK, I've got to you know, take over here. Uh, and he's done that uh, extremely well. So so I think that is probably, you know, when you know this team is getting much closer to its ceiling, when mm-hmm. he's sort of able to just take a step back and just, you know, sprinkle in, uh, you know, his uh, his sort of nuclear moments <laughs> as and when the team needs. Yeah, I mean, to sort of go to the point we were talking about earlier and the sort of difficulty of making sure everyone gets all their looks and you're kind of satiating everyone across the board once you're healthy, Fred kind of taking a step back and being the guy to tee everyone else up feels like the avenue by which you achieve that egalitarian sort of number one option thing. And, you know, as much as Fred is great and has been having a wonderful season and is putting up incredible numbers and has, again, been very much all-star worthy, the version of the team where he is sort of, you know, the fourth option offensively, but is still kind of the straw that stirs the drink is probably the optimized version of this team. And we'll see how long that takes to kind of come to fruition. But as far as guys I'm looking at potentially losing looks in lieu of Scotty Barnes kind of ratcheting up, I think it's probably Fred who's going to take that sort of hit to his look. But I don't think he's going to be upset about that because he just seems like a dude who wants to make the team win lots of games. Uh, By the way, he's also like an extreme coaches pick guy. Like very coach's pick energy for the All Star game. Like it's just and and that would be the ultimate like passing of, of the torch, right? Yeah. Like yeah. for uh, to take <laughs> take over for Kyle and then get the coach's pick to get in, right? Like that yeah. would just be perfect. Get the annual Eric Spolstra. I just love this guy for all he does uh, or whatever. Yeah, just uh, he's been very very good. Hopefully, <laughs> Eric Spolstra's stream doesn't poach Fred VanVleet in the future. Um, let's uh, <laughs> move it now to a quick due to the game to close out the show. Not a terribly like uh, loaded category for this one because I think Scotty Barnes and Fred VanVleet were the reasons they won the game against the Warriors, and they were too good and star like to be dudes of the game. I think, but you have made your selection. Who is it, and t- detail why? Yeah, first off, I'll give a quick shout out to Precious Achua because I thought yep. it was a lot of fun and I had a solid game. Uh, but I am going to give the due to the game to Utah Watanabe. Uh, 
I thought Utah, an he absolute was... stud of the due to the game leaderboard, has played ten games and has now been due to the game four times. Uh, tied for the lead, the, the team lead for the season in just ten games. Unbelievable stuff. Duda Watanabe. <laughs> And Utah Swatanabe. Um Hell he yeah. had that monster block on uh Gary Payton the second. He he had that fun dunk as well. Um yeah. and so I think the one thing I'm interested to see now, it's one thing to say, hey, Utah, can you be aggressive enough over, you know, 25 minutes that you're playing versus hey, if everyone's healthy, can you be aggressive enough over 15 minutes? Right. And it might be sure. easier for him to do the latter. And yeah. so uh, if you can get that Utah in, you know, whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes a game when everyone's healthy, then I think you're in a good place because uh, I think you're seeing the confidence come back initially. Obviously, he had to get his legs back and everything, but you're seeing him take shots when he's open. You'd like to see him make more of those wide open ones, uh, make some free throws. But other than that, no complaints, man. Defensively, he's everywhere. He's uh, everywhere at the right time, which is the big thing. And then offensively, he's always moving, trying to uh, screen or cut or do whatever he can to help the team. Yep. I never feel bad when Utah is on the floor, let's put it that way. Uh, and other than Justin Champagny being number one in uh, personal on-court net rating, Utah is number two on the team at plus 5.7. They are, when he is off the floor, uh, 0.9. Those are kind of cloudy because he didn't play the first 10 games. But when they're on the floor, they're they're beating teams pretty comfortably at the rate of like a 50-something win team. So um, you love to see it. Utah rocks and very clearly the dude of the game. And a real juggernaut, I think if you're putting money – I will ask Bet Online if they can put the money, the, the the lines on this for the future here. But I think if you're betting on who's going to be top of the due to the game leaderboard by season's end, Utah feels like the guy who's going to be the first ever due to the game world champion uh, <laughs> at season's end. But yeah, we can leave it there for now. Big V, thanks so much for popping on, man. There's lots to dive in here, a lot dive into here, and I think we did it pretty all right. And uh, we'll continue on talking about the basketball as though nothing else horrible is going on as the season goes along here as the week goes along here of course no game to talk about tonight the next raptors game will be on wednesday hopefully against the chicago bulls the bulls played last night i think and they seem like they're getting some guys back demar had 38 last night yes they did they very much played last night demar rocks um so we will talk about that and uh preview that game we're also going to talk tomorrow with jamar hines he's going to come on the podcast not sure what we're going to hit on just yet but we will talk about something of general interest and i think katie heinle will come on sometime this week for some sort of holiday themed episode as well so that's what you have to look forward to this week we will talk to you again uh tomorrow but vivek uh, anything you want to plug before we get out of here just the usual stuff i mean hey if you haven't seen my exclusive interview with layla fernandez and her dad for hell yeah Sports yet, wholesome stuff baby go do it <laughs> 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 there you go go do that um yeah other than that the, just the usual stuff uh for raptors and complex and uh you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob and i assume i won't be on until after the holidays so happy holidays to everyone yeah same to you buddy thanks for being on as always and uh we'll talk to you very very soon of course and uh for the listeners out there you can find me at woodley sean on twitter you can subscribe rate review free on all your favorite podcast platforms and on youtube to this podcast it's very appreciated when you go ahead and do that 
As I mentioned, Jamar Hines is going to be back on tomorrow to recreate the doomed episode we lost to poor microphone quality on my end last week. Uh, so looking forward to Jamar getting back on the show. And then Katie Heindel will come on later this week, I'm sure, as well. So we got holiday themed, and I've just teased the whole week again. I don't need to do that. I can just land the plane. How about I do that? We'll talk to you again tomorrow. In the meantime, go listen to Locked On Bets and make it your second listen of the day as your boy Q and Lee Sterling are guiding you through all of the crazy lines at play during this very strange COVID-ridden period on the sports calendar. They are still there to help you out through it all. And uh, with that, we will leave you there. We'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.